It's a kind of magic. It's a kind of magic. A kind of magic. One dream, one soul, one prize, one gold, one golden glance. You're a magician if you choose to accept it. It's the pretend to rob a bank, but not really rob a bank because you're a magician, so you're not really actually doing anything. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Nice. Oh, yeah. That was in celebration of Tom Cruise's birthday today. And the fact that you were just watching Mission Impossible. I was just watching Mission Impossible. Well, at least five days before this this podcast came out. Should really be called Mission Improbable. Yeah, because they they do it every time. Oh, shit, I just spoiled all seven Mission Impossible (laughs) films. Didn't think of that. Sorry. Well, it would be a bit weird if he just failed seven times. Mm-hmm. I guess sometimes he fails, technically. But he always wins in the end. Yeah. But maybe the new one, oh, I don't know, maybe the mission will finally be impossible. Or he'll fail the first part because it's a two-parter and then he'll hmm. do the second part. So as you may have guessed, this week we're talking about... Mission Impossible. <laughs> we're talking about Now You See Me. Yeah. <laughs> a completely unrelated film. I guess the magic uh, was a clue. I did say you're a magician if you choose to accept yeah. it. See what I did there? Although I'd be very no, impressed. Dan, I was asking you a question. Did you right, see what I did Jesus. there? Did you see what I did there? Yes, I saw what you did there. <laughs> uh, Are you happy? No. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. Welcome to the show. Welcome. No, I'm saying to you, welcome to oh, the show. Thanks. To Blink, welcome to the yeah. show. And to listeners, wherever they may be, welcome to the show. It's like, like a magician's show. Is that what you were going for? <laughs> no, but that, that's a good <laughs> that point. It also works. Pick a card, any card. This, this, there's no card. Damn it! <laughs> Get props. We next could have time. lied. We could have. Oh, shit! I was just editing. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. Welcome. Uh, this week we're talking about cat. Not catch me. If- Why do I keep mixing it up with catch me if you can? Well, they're they're the same film. <laughs> they're exactly the same film. <laughs> I think it's because it's like both film titles are a sentence. <laughs> you see what Isn't I mean? Every film. But no, like no, I know, like four words in yeah, the title. Like Lord of the Rings isn't really something you would say. Do you mean catch me if you can? Uh, yes. <laughs> My God. But no, I mean I think after of... this we should sit down and watch the Catch Me If You Can trilogy. <laughs> the extended editions. Well, Catch Me If You Can, now you see me. What's the third one? Uh Catch Catch Me You See, see? now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. Uh that damn film show. I'm Phil. He's Dan. Mm-hmm. Uh, socials are facebook.com forward slash that damn film show. Twitter.com forward slash damn film show. And Instagram.com. No, Instagram is that damn film show with underscores in between each word. Mm-hmm. And soon, and by soon, I probably mean in the next few months, we'll have other socials to add. Yeah. Yeah. One of them we really don't want to do, but you know, modern society and all that. To be sociable. I know, right? You bastards. That's why I do this. And uh, we do already have a YouTube that's got one thing on, but we haven't really done anything with it. Uh, and oh, yeah. I can't, can't change the URL yet because, you know, it's YouTube and it's shit. And you have to wait until you get to a certain point. But it will have some content in the near future, mm-hmm. which we will be sharing with all, all of you lovely be listeners. revealed. So. What bit's that from? So it's up for man. Oh, yeah. But what about now you see me now? 
Yes. Now you see me now. Now you see me again. That could be, oh, that would have been the third one. Now you see me. Now you don't. Now you see me now. No, that doesn't work. Or now you see me. Now you saw me. And now I'll be seeing you. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. But yes, uh, we 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 <clears throat> saw. Now you see me. Seesaw. One. <laughs> yeah. And it's a film all about Jesse Eisenberg being... Jesse Heisenberg. Popular. Well, he's pretty not, jealous. though. I don't know. He take, takes some pretty attractive women to the bedroom. At the start. magic. At the start. Yeah, that's but, true. you know, we'll explain how... Because basically we both sat down to watch this film and we're like, can we deal with Eisenberg? Oh, yeah. So last week we had Ocean's Eleven and yeah. I watched 30 seconds of Now You See Me. I was like, I can't part with Jesse Eisenberg right now. So we switched to Ocean's Eleven and did that instead. Yeah, we did. Um, and I, I can see your point. At the same time, I forgot when re-watching this that he does become the butt of several jokes. Yeah. And Woody Harrelson's character is kind of there to put him in his place. So although... Jesse Eisenberg's character, Atlas, is really up his own arse and quite mm. irritating. It it kind of he does get his comeuppance in a way. So he does get, you know. And he he gets less annoying. It's almost like he recognizes it a bit and does tone it down a yeah. bit. So yeah. But, but I should probably explain you the probably film should first. you do some synopsisization. Yeah. So, um, this basically stars Leonardo DiCaprio as a con man. <laughs> oh, no, wait, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Let's go again. Um, so, there's uh, this magic ring, and there's a fellowship of people. <laughs> <laughs> right, no. Okay, seriously, now. And uh, it stars Tom Cruise, <laughs> and he's got a so zip got line off from an a impossible, roof, impossible, impossible mission. mission. He does a lot of running. He really likes his running. <laughs> yeah. Very good at it, though, so you can't, can't complain there. You can't complain. But now you see me. Yeah, now you see me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll actually talk about that. <laughs> so we're introduced to a group of illusionists, I'd say. Yeah. And at the start of the film, it's showing them all respectively. Like some of them are doing street magic. Some of them are doing um, hypnotism. Some of them are doing kind of con acts. They're using mm. magic to sort of con people or rob people. And there's four of them. Mm. And they all get an invitation it's like a card and it's the four horsemen of the apocalypse and they go to this flat and then this mysterious benefactor basically hires them to do magic shows Hmm. i don't really want to go into much more detail about who it is and what happens following that but the it kind of jumps forward in time and they're sort of already a year later and they're they're already famous now and they do a part of their show they actually pull off a heist yeah and the police can't work out how they've done it because they use magic Mm. or they use illusions and that's the setup for the film and it's it's basically i guess it is kind of like catch me if you can from the perspective of it's uh cat and mouse Mm. chase so you've got the four illusionists being chased by the cops and that's the setup. Mm. Don't really want to say much more because it's a big chasey heisty movie. Yes, with lots of trickery doodads and something you point out almost continuous music. Yeah, yeah, it's a very fast-paced film. It kind mm. of doesn't s- slow down at any point, really. No, but it is. It's two hours, I think. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's very, 
I think the music as well, like you say, playing continuously, very like adds a constant heisty, dramatic music. Yeah, mm. which I guess it does fit it. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, it did. The, the music. Did, well, might as well start with music. Music did fit very well. It was kind of it. Now you music me. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, it, it again. It is one of those soundtracks that I'm not going to be humming the songs, but I'd say this one, the soundtrack stood out. But I couldn't exactly hum a song to you, but it also didn't it it didn't blend duh, in, duh, but in a good way. Basically, that. <laughs> it totally um, sounds nothing like that. <laughs> but the, the yeah, the music is really good and dramatic, and it does stand out. It's just not songs you're gonna necessarily remember. Well, it's such. all it's all score as well. Yeah, isn't it? it's all very dramatic and loud in a good way. It's like a mixture between. Uh, it kind of does yeah it it's similar to oceans 11 i'd say in yeah. terms of its its traditional heist music but there's these the, the, it actually has a magic element to it mm. it's it's like mysterious the music becomes mysterious in places which is why it's sort of a hybrid of a film mm. because obviously they're using magic tricks to pull off heists um so and we said before that we were going to do a few hybrid heist films yeah. Which has pretty much been all of the things we've done. Most of them, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ocean's <clears throat> Eleven is probably the most straightforward. Straightforward one, yeah. Um, what did you, you've seen it before, haven't you? As well. Yeah, yeah, I've seen. I haven't seen the second, but I've seen this one before. What, what do you think of it as in, I, in general? I do like it as a film. It's very entertaining. Yeah. Um, but it's very fucking dumb at the same time. <laughs> like, it it starts off being fairly grounded. And then it just gets slowly more ridiculous, but then tries going back to being grounded again and then keeps fli- flicking between. Like, um, oh, I was trying to... Okay, like like the levels of hypnotism they use, like the viol- like making the guy do like a massive violinist thing. And in there's this bit where they use gigantic mirrors that probably wouldn't work because they would have seen themselves in the mirror when they looked at the room. And there, there was just a lot of things that you had to mm. sort of sustain your disbelief. Sustain your disbelief is what I'm well, looking for. Yeah. Yeah. What was sustain um, your belief? Yeah. Yeah. In a lot of moments, which is fine. It's just that it, it, I don't think it knew if it wanted to be grounded or if it wanted to be grounded and realistic or if it wanted to be over the top. And it kept flicking in between the two, I found. Still good film, still enjoyable. Um, but yeah, it's just, it, was, it was a little bit like disorientating at times. It just made me laugh. Yeah, I can see that sort of because obviously that yeah, it's it's sort of like two sides because the obviously the bits that they explain. So there's certain a few of the heists they actually explain. I think most of the heists they explain how yeah. they pull them off because there's more. I must add, there's multiple heists. Yeah, but then there are other points where things aren't explained, mm. and I I can see what you mean about there being that's a bit odd like some of the magic tricks were a bit ridiculous like um i won't say exactly what happens in it but there's a bit where everyone in the audience has to write down their bank accounts on there mm-hmm. on a bit of paper but then later on they're changing all of those numbers it's like that's they won't be able to do that to that scale like i think i think maybe that's where the magic comes into it mm. and i i think it is a deliberate choice but I think maybe as a viewer, it's a bit um, disorientating. Yeah. But I think on their part, they're being quite playful. Mm. Whether it works or not is another matter. Yeah. 
but I think maybe it is intentional because <coughs> otherwise they'd explain everything or they explain nothing. Yeah. But the fact that it's kind of a weird mix. I, I can see what they're going for. They're kind of going for what magicians do in the sense of sometimes they'll explain a trick mm-hmm. to make it seem like more plausible what they're doing then they'll do a more ridiculous trick but not show you how it's done that's kind of what they're doing here which is which is fine it, the, the entire film is kind of a, its own magic show because you don't see everything but you see a lot of things which works quite well and uh it, it, it's very unique in its film i can't think of any film that's really similar to this no that's true that and that's definitely something except probably the sequel <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably the problem with the sequel it's probably too similar mm but yeah no I, sequels. I see what you mean I, th- I think yeah again as well maybe because the sort of film it is everything it, the scale has to keep getting bigger mm. so it, it kind of gets too big for itself at points yeah um, and the second one even more so but I the stuff that is grounded and the stuff that is explainable is really cool yeah yeah it's, it's all very it's all very uh well done in that sense and it's all all shiny and dramatic and everything it's just yeah a, a few moments it's a bit over the top but that's also fine it could almost be a very good film mm. if they had got rid of the bits where it gets too far-fetched yeah because i would say this is if you compare it to oceans 11 ocean 11 the only bit that you have bomb bit. that's the only yeah. bit that begs belief <clears throat> whereas this has a few more yeah i think if they'd scaled it down to like oceans 11 but the thing is if they'd still kept the magic element that's fine because mm. it's quite a cool setup having illusionist i would it would be quite interesting to see a more grounded version of a film in almost the exacting story mm-hmm. and see them do it in a more realistic way which again it's fine they didn't a lot of films aren't realistic but it, like I said, it never was quite clear if it was trying to be realistic or not. And it was always kind of back and forth. So. I think maybe it comes down to the fact that it's probably spectacle that they wanted to... Mm. You know, it's it's like the Fast and Furious films because it is still a mainstream film. Yeah. It's going for the, okay, it might not be realistic, but it's amazing. Yeah. Whereas if maybe they were worried if it was more grounded it would, whether or not it would have been as entertaining yeah. which is absolutely fine it's just that yeah that's where it's got a little bit of an identity crisis throughout the film yeah definitely. but it does it's still entertaining mm. uh, at the end of the day um it's almost like at points it's trying to be too clever and it yeah ends up actually being, being a little a stupid. bit dumb <laughs> yeah uh but yes i suppose we'll uh we'll jump into actoring first as usual sounds good uh, let's start off with bloody Jesse flipping Eisenberg because he's Jesse Heisenberg. Jesse yeah. Jesse Heisenberg. Jesse Heisenberger. Um, he's fine. He's fucking Jesse Eisenberg. He's always Jesse Eisenberg. He plays the exact same character in pretty much everything I he's in. I don't agree. Really? Yeah, I think yeah. there are a few films where he is different, and not that he's markedly different. Like I get what you're saying. He's very similar. Mm. But there's a few films where his performance stands out. The problem with him is that he got very quickly typecast. And His eccentric nerd. Yes. Yeah. And then Eva, Eva, who was typecast and put in like the social network, he is actually kind of perfect for that role. Yeah. But he's annoying. Although I didn't think much of that film. Everyone loves it, and I didn't think it was that good. It's all right. Mm. But, you know, it's 
I think Andrew Garfield was probably the best thing in that. Yeah. Karen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about social network instead. Um, I've forgotten what I was saying now. About Jesse Eisenberg. See what you do not, when you interrupt me? That he's not it's the same so character rude. every time. <laughs> yeah, and then and it's it's either that he's typecast or he's miscast. So take Batman versus Superman. Yes. That was just weird. He, c- <coughs> he could have been a good Lex Luthor, but the way they did him just didn't work. Mm. Um, yeah, he's... I find he can be entertaining... And he's like he's he's pretty good in like Zombieland for Zombieland. Mm. I'm thinking of yeah, he's pretty good in that. But I find he's always playing this. In my opinion, like he seems to always play the same character. But that's I think that's the problem with when he's doing mainstream films. So if you take for example Zombieland, now you see me. Uh, what was the other one we mentioned? Social Network. He's Lex Luthor. As they're well. all and Lex Luthor. They're all like commercial mainstream hits. Mm. Whereas if you take something like Adventureland yeah. or uh, The Double, and there's another one. This is more uh, like... Squid in- and the Well. They're all indie films. Mm. Uh, the Double's Richard Ayoade, he directed it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. And Adventureland and... What was the other one I said? Squid and the Well. He's still similar. He's still nerdy and sort of... Tripping over his own words. Yeah. yeah. But he's a lot more toned down okay interesting. and he's a lot more normal he's just to be fair i think the only films i've seen him in are his mainstream ones so. yeah i and i think they kind of they make him play up to it yeah because then in, in the indie films he's a bit more sort of <clears throat> toned down and subdued mm. and more like a normal person really yeah so i mean like to be fair like when it comes to actors like jesse eisenberg and you see them in a lot of these big films it is often you'll see them in their smaller films and they'll be more interesting like collateral with tom cruise i used to think that tom cruise didn't really have much acting ability he has a good stage performance in terms of like he's very good at his physical side mm-hmm. in terms of acting he wasn't that interesting but then i saw collateral and a few other of his films and i'm like oh actually he's a very good actor as well it's just he is not typecast but he, he it's clear what films he enjoys doing the most the ones mm-hmm. with lots of big stunts where he gets to be big, you know, the big man of the film because he's short. <laughs> and they're the ones that get him more jobs because exactly. they do bring in the most money. So it is interesting when you have an actor like this who is actually a very good actor. You just don't necessarily see it that often because all of their most successful films are the same character. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Um, but yeah, he was he, he, he was fine to the film. I, uh, it was only like the opening bit that was just like, ugh. But then he was kind of fine after that. Yeah, he um, gets less annoying when thrown in with the mm. horseman because... He gets brought down a peg. He does. And the th- the thing about the horseman, the whole thing, <clears throat> all, f- all four of them, is they're all quite egotistical. Yeah. Some, I'd say... Uh, so Jesse Eisenberg plays Daniel Atlas and Woody Harrelson plays Merritt McKinney. I'd say they're both the biggest egos. Yeah. And... Um, Isla Fisher who plays Henley Reeves and Dave Franco who plays Jack Wilder. Mm. They're a bit less cocky. Uh, they the are James, still cocky. The Franco member that we can still talk about. <laughs> In Dave we trust. Yeah. But yeah, they're still they are still cocky, but not to the same degree. Mm. Which is uh why Atlas and McKinney sort of like bump heads. But like you said, that brings Eisenberg down. Yeah. And um, 
yeah so it's it's as the film goes along he becomes less annoying yeah if i remember correctly the start of the second one it's almost like it goes back a step because he then starts doing that again uh, the it's the, the second character. one almost literally the first film again and it kind of resets everything and does the same thing all over again by any chance uh yes and no hmm. because of obviously the way the first one ends the the, the dynamics changed and henley's not in it but Henley's the is the Fisher, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's just some of the. It's almost like they they feel like they need to do a mini recap. It's not not for long, mm. but at, at the start again, it's the same thing. He's he's being overly cocky again. Yeah. Uh, should we go on to arguably? Would you want? Yeah, we'll stick with the four horsemen first. Uh, let's go with uh, Woody Harrison. Great. Yeah, he's, he's just always funny. He, 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 look, Woody Harrison's always good. You can't he's, really he's, he's fantastic. Um, now, he, he doesn't necessarily play the same character and everything he's in, but he's always got that same attitude, I guess. Yeah. Kind of like cocky in a way kind of thing, which is good. He's, he's still a very good actor in it. But yeah, he, he was a very good character in this. He was the... Um, Hypnotist. Yeah. Hypnotold. Uh, now, admittedly, his hypnotizing is ridiculous to the point of, that i don't think that happens in real life and if it did you'd be on like um what's the really famous hypnotist guy david that's not david so he's done loads he did like the the zombie series where he hypnotized the guy into thinking he was in a zombie apocalypse and he had to protect a girl i don't know. I can't remember his fucking name um but I, I guess, either way <laughs> i guess he he does become they all become super famous yeah, but it's not it's not as it's because he's super famous. It's that he's like super powered, like mm. is what I'm on about. But yeah, his uh, his level of hypnotism is ridiculous and funny at times. Um, well, I guess that's the thing again, where it starts to stray over, away, from, stray away from realism. Yeah, <laughs> but he's definitely the I think the comedy character of the bunch. Mm. The, 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 there's funny bits with all of them, but he's definitely leading the charge he has the fun he definitely has the fun funny lines and the, yeah. the one-liners usually uh, delivered by him yeah he's very good at how he reads the cops in it as well in that scene that yes. when they're arrested it was very funny i'd probably say he's the most interesting out of the four horsemen yeah he's got the most character i would say yeah but in some sense he's probably the one focused on the least out of the four uh, potentially hmm. i would say henley's focused on the least yeah actually yeah that's true which again is um although this film's not that old it does feel like she's a bit weak yeah in terms of how she's what, written or mid-ish mid to latest 2000s isn't it like 2008 9 2013 fuck off yeah it wasn't 2013 was it yeah jesus yeah they could have written a better character for her by that yeah point. No, it's not that she's like bad she's Again, yeah. again, she's does a good performance. Mm. Oh, we're going on to her, I'm guessing. Yeah, <laughs> might, might as well. well. She has she has interesting moments, but I don't know. She just as the film goes on, she seems to be in it less and less. Yeah, she kind of doesn't have much of a role after not very long. And again, it's nothing to do with her performance. It's just there isn't that much of a character for her mm. after a while. I mean, I suppose the four horsemen kind of become one big character after a while, but they yes. they all have their moment where she doesn't really have one. She well, she it's weird because at the start she's focused on one of the most. Yeah. 
and she's quite um got quite a personality quite mm. a big personality and then she just gets further and further into the background mm. so maybe they started writing her character and they kind of didn't know where to go with it yeah it, you said she's not in the second one no oh. but the it's uh i think it's lizzie kaplan who's in the second one is she basically the same character no oh, she's that's good she's like really offbeat and kooky hmm. and she's really good and her character development's much better yeah okay so would you wi- say the second one's better than the first no. he, he, like because you say they're very similar films if the second one came out first do you think it would be the better one if uh, that makes any sense it depends which way you're looking at if if you i think the second one is almost like the classic thing they do like with evil dead where it's more of a spoof yeah like it leans <clears> more <throat> into the unbelievable yeah but it's almost self-aware of it and, f- and amps up the comedy mm. so it depends what you go in to see because if you want more of the realism then you'll prefer the first one but if if you kind of decide well if some things aren't believable why don't you just go, go for that yeah that's what the second one's like i Let's mean there's still bits that are believable in it i just think it kind of it gets more silly is it another heist movie uh they do still I don't know if they're not doing consistent heists. There's multiple storylines. Is Mark Ruffalo in it as well? Yeah. There's multiple storylines and there's different things going on. But one of them does involve... uh, Oh, my cabin's so cute. (laughs) One of them does involve them stealing something. Okay. But there's, it's not like this where it's continual heists. It's other stuff going on. Uh, Dave, Dave Franco? Yeah. He's pretty good. He has a good... Uh, whether or not it's him or not, it might have been a stunt double, but his action sequences were quite cool. Some of it he did, because you can see his face. Yeah. Um. I, but yeah, like you say, I don't know. He's kind of like the rookie of the four, isn't he? Mm-hmm. In a sense. Um. He's yet like the youngest of them. But Although it makes me laugh that at one point, Jesse Eisenberg, he says something like, grow up kid or something like that. They're like... Six, yeah, yeah. They're like six months apart in real really life. Silly, yeah. <laughs> Um, he, he's kind of similar to uh, Matt Damon's character in Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, he's he, he just he's the Invisible Man, fresh faced. Yeah, yeah, he's the he's naive, but he's also very good at doing mm. the blending in him because he's the pickpocket, isn't he? He's very good at what he does, but he hasn't had the chance to prove himself yet. It's kind of the character arc he's yeah. got. Um, they all are very cliche. Yeah, I must say. That's oh yeah, definitely. Things. Um, he he's very good. I haven't seen Dave Franco in what other films has he been in? That might seen. I've definitely seen him in other stuff. But I, I, I have as well. I just can't think. He what. is in the film of the room with James Franco, but I can't think what else he's been in. Is he? Yeah, he plays Mark. Does he? Oh, of course he fucking does. That's really weird. I can't remember the name of the actor, but you know. <laughs> hey, um, Mark. But yes, he is the the Franco sibling that we can still talk about, who's probably still going to have a career, unlike his brother. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, he, he he was very good, and not really much else to say about him. He he kind of just he's not got that big of a part either, in a sense. Yeah, there's there's a specific reason why he's focused on less. It mm. kind of it, they have to because of the way the plot goes. Yeah, um, but also again because I think it's to do with the ego side of it, <coughs> because um, Eisenberg and harrison their characters are really egotistical and big characters Mm. they kind of steal the light a bit but i guess it's a difficult one because technically it's not an error because his role is a pickpocket and a yeah sort of a a, a 
person and operating in the shadows he needs to be less in the spotlight mm. so it kind of, it does kind of work it does work but it also means that he ends up a bit back bit side yeah. lined as yeah. well sort yeah, of thing definitely. which yeah it, it not that's again you've got not every character can stand out in the limelight that's just how a film's got to work but yeah he's he's a, he's a character an actor i'd like to see a bit more of i also know. think that it unfortunately it's a cynical thing to say but i do think it comes down to a bit of money because they're clearly focusing on jesse eisenberg mm. and woody harrelson the most because they're the bankable stars the actors and, it's and like, mark ruffalo at the time and mark ruffalo and the other two that get a lot of screen time that we'll mention are morgan freeman and michael Caine. Mm. because the the direct well, not the directors that wouldn't be their choice but the producers know that they're bankable they need they need the most screen time <clears throat> because they're going to sell the film yeah so if people see that they're in it um speaking of moving on to other actors should we go mark gruffalo next say so he's the next biggest mark gruffalo mark <laughs> mark gruffalo that would be an interesting version of the book <clears throat> uh he's good i haven't seen mark gruffalo in much other than obviously the hulk um stuff Wait, and he was the hulk he was the hulk uh and i've seen him i thought else. it was just angry mark gruffalo <laughs> he's um, in collateral isn't he is he in collateral he's the cop is he? He's got a ponytail, but he's the cop. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I remember that now. Um, Set, uh, you've seen Zodiac? I haven't seen Zodiac oh. yet. I've still only seen a little bit of it. I've I've watched like the first like ten minutes and then couldn't watch the rest. Watch but I Brilliant. do need to get around of it. Yeah. Around to it. Um, what is it? Robert Downey Jr., Jake, Jake Gillian Hall, and Gillian Hall. Yeah, what a fucking cast. Mm. Um, yeah, he's very good. He's um he's got uh the, the, so he shares an action sequence with dave franco which was a very good sequence i thought oh yeah that was brilliant uh he's got the he's got the anger down and the like serious cop down it works quite well he he he's so serious and angry that he's comedic but in a good way and he's he's, he's played that before <clears throat> he's very good at it yeah he, he, it's almost like he i get and i guess it is part of the film that he's everyone out sorry he's serious and he's not in the joke and everyone's kind of taking the piss out of him <clears throat> yeah because obviously the four horsemen keep evading him yeah and it makes him look like a bumbling idiot makes him look like a chump yeah and that just makes him more angry that then makes everyone then laugh like a green monster <laughs> <laughs> crossover it's a prequel to to avengers definitely but yeah, he's a very watchable actor. I do like. Him yeah, I haven't seen him in anything I didn't like him in, and even like, let's <clears throat> um, take Age of Ultron for example, one of the worst Marvel films. He's still entertaining in that, even if he's got a stupid storyline. The interesting thing about Mark Ruffalo is he's very good at playing both sort of conventional characters and not. I know it's a weird thing to say, but they always bring something slightly quirky there's mm. something that's slightly offbeat about him he's kind of the everyman but with a twist yeah 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 and like i think he's one of the few people that can get away with, like a lot of people would play this almost almost too conventional because he is a his character like everyone else is a cliche but there's something a bit odd about him mm. which it becomes more apparent as it goes on but he does it in other films like there's a it's a really nice thing i think it was his own input in zodiac but he's eating a blt or he orders a blt 
And as he's talking to Jake Gyllenhaal, he just takes out all the tomatoes and puts them on a napkin mm. and then reassembles the sandwich and eats it. Mm. There's no bearing on the scene, but it's like a character trait. Yeah. That he's that he doesn't like tomatoes. I know that sounds really stupid, but, but it's it's a good character builder. It's, yeah. It's like last week with Ocean's Eleven with Brad Pitt always eating. Always eating, yeah, yeah. exactly. So it's adding something to it. Uh then what's his partner called? El Madre, who's Melanie. El Madre? Is that Elma. the character or the actor? No, that's the character. It's uh, Melanie Laurent. That's the actor. Yeah. Right. I think that's El Madre sounds like. It sounds so fake. <laughs> El Madre at the service. <laughs> Carry on. It doesn't sort of fit. Yeah, I guess it doesn't fit her. Um, El Madre. Alma. Al Madre. A- Al Madre. Still doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she was good. Yeah. I've. I've seen her in a few things. Can't, I couldn't tell you what, but she, her face is in. Glorious Bastards is probably the most famous film. Oh, yeah, she was in Glorious Bastards. Yeah, she was the young Jewish woman in it, wasn't she? Yeah, she's yeah. the main. Well, she's technically the main character. Isn't yeah. She? The, uh, <clears throat> the weird thing is at IMDb, I thought I went on to that, and it is at the top of the list. But in the description, I thought it'd say, you know, well known for Glorious Bastards. The top thing is. I had no clue. Apparently, she was most well known for doing the voice for the French version of The Simpsons. She does what? one of the voices. Which character? I don't know. Hmm. I didn't read any further, but because obviously they dub it in every country. Yeah. But that's that's random. weird that that's it's really random. What she's yeah. Most known for. I wonder if she still does it now. Yeah, I wonder. I'm guessing so, but um, but yeah, very good. She's uh, she works well as like um, I'd say pretty much an, she her. Her character's role in terms of like where she's positioned within the police force isn't equal to Mark Ruffalo, but I'd say her character in the film is equal to Mark Ruffalo in a sense. Yeah, and they kind she's of very make, well done. Yeah, and they make reference to the fact that she sort of get she gets brushed off on multiple times. Yeah, and in fact, but she fights back against it a lot. Yeah, and she proves them wrong because to be honest, she'll she'll have a hunch about something, they ignore it, and she on a couple occasions they should have listened to her yeah like um i think uh what's the magician the female magician's name henley henley she like we were saying she's not particularly interestingly written female character this is the complete opposite she's actually really well done yeah i'd agree i think she's um one of the most interesting characters out of the film yeah she does stray into and i think this is more to do with the writing but she does stray into cliche a bit Mm. like and and there's a bit of stereotyping yeah um which again they make jokes about there's a lot of american french jokes in it mm. but i thought it kind of went a bit overboard to do a little bit because it it, it sort of takes away from <clears throat> the realism of her character a bit yeah um but uh, you know that's only on a handful of occasions the rest of the time i thought she was really good yeah yeah overall well acted and pretty well written character i'd say the other thing going back to henley which i forgot to mention was although she's a bit underwritten one thing that is good about her is the fact that she's a lot of the time not getting involved in like the disagreements Mm. and she's doing a lot of eye rolling and sort of yeah but it's 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 quite funny and it's good writing in a way because it's kind of showing that you know a lot of the time men are driven by their ego i'm not saying yeah. women aren't but <laughs> especially in films 
yeah. at least. Men are more... Male characters are driven with ego. Oh, no, and in real life. Oh, definitely. yeah, definitely in real life. But, like, as in film, like, it's a very clear example of it. Yeah, so it, I do like those bits where it's kind of... She's like, oh, no, I'm not getting involved in that and stuff like that she seems she's she's at the start at least she seems the most relatable out of the lot because mm. she's <clears> kind <throat> of given you know sort of almost like martin freeman office looks to like really are they yeah are these boys actually just doing this or whatever one thing this film does quite well that i feel like it could have done quite it could have done wrong is you know when in a film they'll have like the character that's kind of the audience let's take inception for example and uh Elliot Page now, uh, mm-hmm. Ellen Page at the time's character, in that she's in that film, she was like the uh, the dumb one. They didn't know what was going on, and they're introduced to everything. They could have done that in this, but I'm glad they didn't. Everything that you have the magicians who are kind of doing all their stuff, and you learn a little bit of their secrets. Mark Ruffalo is chasing them, but he's not the he's not the audience. You're you're along for the ride rather than being kind of like in the way you are in an inception and in, in, is that you're being introduced to everything mm. so i'm glad they didn't do that because they could have and yeah. thankfully they didn't that's true didn't think of that um but yeah overall good actress from her good acting from her as well all we've got left is more morgan freeman i for some reason i keep going to say morgan fox and i have no idea why well lucius 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 fox oh Lu- that's why I keep yeah trying, yeah yeah so Morgan Freeman and Michael Caine. Oh, Michael Caine. It's a sausage. <laughs> um, no, sausage me. We'll kind of bundle these two together but because we're did, pressed for time. Do they have but... any say in this? I mean, they're old men. They might not want to be bundled together. <laughs> well, too late. <laughs> uh, they're both very good, I thought. But I don't think they're... Do they have a bad film, these two? No. I mean, they're probably in bad films, but I don't think they're bad in them. I mean, they're just so entertaining, aren't they? Yeah. They're always watchable. I th- they're, they're both they've both been going long enough that they're kind of they just know what they're doing and they yeah. do it well i get the feeling these two were picked for this role specifically because of the dark knight stuff because they work so well in those films well that that there's that's a, a lot of the case with a lot of films isn't it um because again with Heisen, heisenberg i keep saying heisenberg with jesse eisenberg and woody, <laughs> and harrison, woody harrison they were in Zombieland. yeah so it's like they've definitely worked out there's a good rapport <clears> or in some cases it's either the friction is actually the entertaining bit yeah um but these two are kind of like well michael Caine is partially their benefactor isn't he at one point i think he is fully their benefactor yeah uh, but he's not the full one or something like that which we'll get into in oh i see what you mean yeah we Um, can't say yeah and morgan freeman is what was he he was kind of like He'd been duped oh, by them. No, he's an ex-illusionist yeah. who debunks oh, other yeah. illusionists. Yeah, that sounds about right. He's a debunker because he works out that you can make more money um, revealing people's secrets than doing magic tricks. Yeah. And obviously, like, <clears throat> he's not very popular in the magic circle. This is Michael Caine. This is the second film I can think of with Michael Caine having magic involvement with the prestige as well. There's three. What's the third one? There's another film where he plays uh, an old man who used to do magic tricks and he's in a retirement home and he forms an attachment with a kid who comes to visit him yeah, or it may be his grandson. I can't remember the name of the film, but it's really good. Yeah, sounds good. 
Um, yeah, very good. We can't really say too much about where their characters go, but I mean, I don't think there's much. I mean, they've they've got so many films. There's not really much to say about Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman anymore. They're just they're good, and you know they'll be good. Yeah, they're they're reliable. Reliable. Re- you can buy them twice. They're reliable. <laughs> reliable. They're reliably good. Um, and also, it's one thing I did quite like about it was they're both kind of dicks. Yeah, which is unusual. You're not for rooting them. for either of them. Yeah, I mean they have both played bad characters before, but you're kind of more accustomed to seeing them as yeah being good good guys. So I did like it that they were both, and the scenes where they're interacting with each other, it's like which one of us can be a bigger dick to the other one. Mm. That's sort of what it was, you know. And there was no tangerines. No tangerines. No sausages. No sausages or tangerines. Um. Well, last thing we haven't mentioned really is cinematography. Yes, quite interesting shots. I thought they the set design is very good as well. They go very like a magician would, very eccentric and overboard in a, in a good way. Um, and the cinematography does the same thing. However, they had a lot of Michael Bayisms in the fact they kept fucking spinning. They did at the start. Didn't I they? was getting dizzy. <laughs> they toned they toned it down for a bit. Yeah. And then it crept back up, and then it 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 wasn't wasn't too bad, uh, but yeah, there was. I think it was the first time they bring them in for questioning. Yeah, there after was the first heist, just continuous spinning. Yeah, it's like I can't. Ever since Ambulance, any film I watch where they spin too much just gets too obvious. Yeah, and I know Inception has one bit where they spin, but it's only like five seconds. <laughs> so that's you wait until you watch Mission Impossible be... Two. Oh god, is it full of spinning? Yeah. Oh sweet Jesus. Slow motion spinning, mate. Mission Impossible two and three are the only ones I haven't seen, so that'd be funny to watch. They are the weakest two, to be fair. Yeah, that's fine. I haven't missed much. Um but yeah, good cinematography. You can't can't complain of that. Um does it say who the DOP and who was the director and writer of this as well? Well this is the weird thing, right? It's Louis Leteria, if I pronounce that right. And I, I know who he is and I know what he's done. And it's such a weird filmography because mm-hmm. if I told you the film, I'll tell you the films, and it doesn't sound like the same director. So this, Incredible Hulk, so the other, as in Ed the, Norton, the one with Ed Norton, in okay, yeah, Unleashed, Jet Li, which is an amazing film, okay, but nothing like either of these yeah. films. Grimsby, which is a Sasha Baron Cohen comedy film, okay, and then um, what was the other one? This is the director. And he, he did. He was the creator of the Dark Crystal Netflix series. What? Which is all puppets okay. and fantasy. That's the same director on all That's those things. Really, ra- like random selection. It's like a proper mix, isn't it? Weird. Because none of, none of those projects. I mean, it's cool. Yeah. The only the only two that are similar are. I think he did the second actually. That's. Huh. I know. Maybe he didn't even do that. So yeah, it's a really uh, weird filmography, um, but the DOP, I'm not sure. It's a bit harder to find. I would say as well, there isn't really many. I don't think there was any real dud shots. No, there's nothing that was like bad apart from some of the spinning shots. And which is um, yeah, but you, it wasn't like you didn't know what was going on. <clears throat> yeah, it's not like you didn't like you know what was going on. It's just it was a bit too much that was used. But I mean, that yeah. could be because there's two director of photographies, so okay. maybe that's why. There's an overload Cup of load. styles. Larry Fong, I'm sure I've heard him before, <clears throat> and Mitchell Admondson. Interesting, but yeah, but ultimately a good job. 
I'll give like a 90% good. You know, just the spinning shots turn them down. Um, but that's yeah. that's pretty much it. it. It's overall a good film, and it is. It was. It's been long enough since I original. I could remember the overall twist, but I couldn't remember all the little ones in it. Um, it's been a good while since I watched it for the first time. A good four years or so. Um, so just long enough to make this film enjoyable. You couldn't watch this film like once a year because no. the twists and everything are kind of what make it. Um, also, it it is a bit too um cocky mm. it is a cocky film and yeah i think you have to be in the right mood for it yeah because sometimes you can be a bit like oh this film <clears throat> is a bit up its own ass yeah in places but yeah it's like you say if you don't watch it a lot it doesn't it wouldn't do that definitely it's um i think the for me as well the my favorite bit is the chase sequence yeah oh what the car chase sequence well, no, that was very good. That was cool. But the the chase sequence in um, I can't remember where they are, but they were at that uh, Mardi Gras festival. Yeah, that was a really good chase sequence. That was good. In fact, the action se- set pieces and sequences are very good. Mm. They're all very good. The film is fluid. It has a good pace to it, and the heists they do well are good. Mm. There, and I do like <coughs> when they explain them. Yeah, they did explain them quite well, and the twist is good. Yeah. Yeah, and I've just twist. ruined. There's a twist. Wow! Well, There'll yeah. be people. Like, oh, that was a twist. Oh, was a twist. They'll be trying to guess it the whole way through. Yeah. Anyway, we just need one more person's opinion. We do to round it off, and uh, I'll get the magic curtain ready. I'll try not to wait. Blink. I can do. I can do it silently. No, I'm just ready. Yeah. The magic man. Now you see me. Now you, you don't. don't. That was the stupidest nickname I've ever heard. There we go. I've got to be quiet because Blink's asleep. Should we just whisper? Yeah. We'll do the whole spoilers as whispers. <laughs> no, we better not because you might not be able to hear it. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening. If you want to avoid spoilers, we're yeah, pretty much just going to talk about the twist. So it's not really much. Yeah, I mean, I would say if you do want to watch this film, do not stick around yeah, for yeah. the spoiler because it's quite it's a big It's pretty one. much built on the spoiler. So Yes. You know. Anyway, goodbye. Goodbye. And spoiler. So the fact that Mark Ruffalo is the one the who's Hulk. <laughs> the Hulk. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> uh yeah, Mark Ruffalo is the one who's been well, he's the one been funding them and he's guiding the string them. String puller. Exactly. It's the string puller. Uh Master he, Magician. Michael Kane's character, he gets him to rob him because he's the owner of an insurance company and he didn't pay out, and then he forces him to pay out all the money. Rob's a couple of banks and everything. It's basically, it's technically a revenge flick. Yeah. <laughs> it, it The twist was good, although kind of dissecting it a bit. Like, you have no idea why he... Had, you don't really know why he did it, do you? Yeah. You do? Yeah, because his dad does the trick in the... His dad was a magician. Yeah. And he does a trick where he has to get out of a safe at the bottom of a river. Oh but yeah, the yeah, metal of the safe warps because it's cheap material. Yeah, and it's and the company that owns it is it's Michael Caine's. Yeah, yeah, or Morgan Freeman's. Or Basically, he gets his revenge on everyone that is involved with the death of his father in some shape or another. Okay, yeah. no, that's fine then. And the second film, to be fair, oh no, actually, that's a spoiler. The second film. Wait, does the second one carry things on? Or yes. Is it? Okay. Yeah, I do need to watch it though. That that aspect of it. 
I would say that Mark Ruffalo's continuing arc in the second one is probably the best thing about Mary See Me Too because mm. it's it's quite interesting storyline. Some of the others are a bit like Meh. yeah. There's one in particular I thought really <laughs> <laughs> great. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's pretty much it. That was really <laughs> worth mentioning. I, yeah, I can't think of anything else. Mm. Jack doesn't die when they fake his death. Yeah, nobody dies, actually. No. Although his fake death was quite cool. The car chase. Yeah, that was very well done. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. It's, it's enjoyable. Mm. Well, uh, we hope you enjoyed Now You See Me. Because you didn't see us. Because this is a podcast. No, technically... This was an episode of Now You Hear Me. There we go. I mean, we can call it that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not because I probably confuse the audience as what we're talking about. But <laughs> you should. It's a good idea. Do it. <laughs> we can put it. You'll put it in the description. Yes. There we that's go. a good idea. That's a good idea. Anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you very much. Um, you can go now. You know, it's, you don't really have to stick around because we. No, we're just going to do a disappearing act. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to think of a magician-y thing to end on. I just said we're going to do a disappearing oh, act. Oh, right. Okay, okay. Do you want to do it again? We're going to do a disappearing act. <laughs>